Today on Broadway for Friday, November 30th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. It's the most wonderful time. <laughs> are we allowed to do that yet? Or do we have to wait another day? Uh, look, man, you can do whatever makes you happy as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I try not to infringe on other people's happiness. That's very good of you. And I'm, um, I'm uh, Broadway star James Marino. So, James, um, a lot of people do this on the Twitter. Um, I haven't had an opportunity yet to do it, so I'm going to do it here on the podcast. Mm. Some personal news. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I, I don't have a new job. That's what normally people do oh, when they say that. But, I, I, I was sweating there for a second. <laughs> no, no, no. Not <laughs> launching my own mm. podcasting network. But this, this podcasting network, Broadway Radio, we're going to be at BroadwayCon. We mentioned it yesterday yeah. in passing. It is now official. It is on the BroadwayCon website schedule. Broadway Radio will be doing it this week on Broadway Live on the Saturday of BroadwayCon at 11.15 a.m. at the Sutton Center Room at the New York Hilton Midtown. It will be a veritable who's who of Broadway radio folk. It'll be James Marino. It'll be Peter Felicia. It'll be Michael Bortantier. It'll be Matt Tamanini. It'll be Jenna Tessa Fox. It'll be Jan Simpson. It'll be Natalie Nowak. I have no idea what we're going to do to get all of us to have enough time to talk, but I trust you, James. Um, it'll be fun. So if you're going to Broadway con, come out and see us. Um, we, we'll figure something out. We'll do, we'll do something. What, what are you thinking here, James? What are we going to do? All seven of us are going to be on a panel together. Talk less, smile more. <laughs> I'm fine, like, mm -hmm. sitting in the back and running the sound. Like, you don't need me. You've got Peter and Michael and Jan and Jenna. Well, yeah. you know, I, I think it's just important uh, to put faces with names and say hello to everybody and get everybody up to uh, do. And I, I'm just like you. I would rather everybody else talk. I don't need to say anything. So, uh, generally. It's a lot. It's a lot different when I'm sitting at my desk talking into a mic just to yeah. you and don't have to see anybody. Mm -hmm. I don't really, I don't really like like I don't really like being in front of people. But that's neither here nor there. January 12th, Saturday at the New York Hilton Midtown Sutton Center Room, Broadway Radios this week on Broadway Live. Come join us. It'll be tons of fun. And if not fun, it'll at least be informative because Peter will be there. This is true. Absolutely. And Jan Simpson and Jenna Tessa Fox. And Jan, and right. Of course. Natalie yeah. and Michael. And so anyway, yeah, we're really excited. We've tried a number of times and we have to send thanks out to uh, listener Deb Schrager, who really got this ball rolling. We have tried to appear at BroadwayCon a few times and the stars have not aligned. We needed the special Deb Schrager ingredient to get us going. So I'm really appreciative of that. Are, I, I'm not sure that I am. Uh, appreciative of that, but uh, sure. Okay, thanks, Deb. <laughs> yeah, you're not so much the people people. people I, am not a, I am not a people who needs people. All right. You know who's a people who needs people? Bob Dylan. <laughs> I was going to say Michael Riedel, but Bob Dylan fits as well. So, oh, uh... <laughs> Michael Riedel, yeah. Go ahead. All right. First up in the news. Uh, the Lundfontein Theater reportedly finds its next tenant. Yeah, James, uh, this is the bush that I was beating around on yesterday's story. As the one and only people who needs people, Michael Riedel, in the New York Post last night, reported that the small, intimate play with music, The Girl from the North Country, will move into the 1,500-seat Lundfontein Theater for a limited six-month engagement before Tina Cullen, the Tina Turner musical, comes in for the fall. This, of course, comes on the heels of Donna, colon, the Donna Summer musical, or Summer, 
colon the Donna Summer musical. I'm on record as saying Donna would have been a better title than Summer. Um, that announced its closing on December 30th yesterday. As we've discussed before, North Country had thought that it would be playing the Walter Kerr, but Jude Jamson apparently changed its mind when it had the opportunity to bring Hades Town in following its run at the UK's National Theatre. Now, because there are so few options available for a girl from the North Country, they're being forced to take a venue much larger than they would like. Already a commercially risky proposition, putting it into a 1,500-seat theatre seems baffling, and that's why I was trying not to reveal too much from my off the record sources uh, yesterday, but it just seems so weird. But Riedel reports that they are considering closing off the entire mezzanine to reduce capacity by a third to bring it down around a thousand. Over the weekend, the Mervish Theater in Toronto said on social media that a previously announced February to March engagement of Girl from the North Country had been moved to the fall, and that lines up with Riedel's reporting that the show will embark on a national and obviously North American tour in the fall of 2019, banking on the draw of Dylan's music to bring people in. Now, James, as I said yesterday, if North Country's producers didn't think that they could find another suitably sized theater that would open up for the spring, and as we talked about before, I I really don't see anything suitable opening up for them in time to get in before the Tony eligibility deadline, short of either going into the circle in the square, which I think would artistically be the best option or the super small Helen Hayes, which probably isn't an option financially. They really didn't have any other options. So I get it, but man, do I hate it for this show, which is small and intimate. Um, Riedel tries to make it out like it's this super depressing thing. I did not find it depressing. I mean, I understand there are things in it that are depressing, but to me, I actually found it kind of hopeful and not the draw where he compares it to slitting your wrists, which I think is just, I don't even know if he's even seen it. He's obnoxious and he's Michael Riedel. Um, but I'm really disappointed because I really enjoyed this show. And and I just feel like it's getting the short end of the stick by going into the lunt. Yeah. I have to have faith in the production team that they wouldn't force this if it weren't really right. Cause, but maybe they really feel it can work that way. I, I don't, I don't know. I feel uh, Seth Christianfeld talked about it on, on, on Facebook, something along the lines of uh, it, it, it's a pretty good uh, play with that interrupts an excellent Dylan review, something along those lines. And I thought that was really apt and it, it captured in a sentence what I've been trying to put together my thoughts on. Um, I, I'm looking forward to the next incarnation of it and seeing how it, uh, how it progresses. So, you know, uh, I believe that the people on that team have to be uh, ha- have to have thought of these things that we're talking about. What do you think? I I, I mean I'm I'm sure they've thought about it. I just feel like they didn't really have any options. They, if they waited until the fall, the momentum might have elapsed, yeah. or the idea of going on a tour wouldn't have worked timing wise. Um, I, I just feel like they took the best of the worst options or not even really. I honestly feel like a uh, circle in the square would have been the best option, but um, that's, hey, uh, yeah. Here's an idea. And I'd love for listeners and everybody else to weigh in on this. Maybe every show doesn't need to come to Broadway. What do you think? I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I that that is something that I think a lot of people uh 
are wrestling with. Um, and it's something that, you know, when you talking about, especially some of these shows coming to circle, like that are rumored to be coming to circle in the square, like that, uh, sexy Oklahoma from St. Anne's or Carmen Jones. Neither of those shows need to come to Broadway. I'm just going to be honest with you. I saw both of them. I enjoy both of them to varying degrees. They don't need to come to Broadway. Um, there are some shows that need to come to Broadway. Tootsie needs to come to Broadway. But here's the thing that I, as I was trying to formulate my thoughts on this after you said that, I think that sometimes the best shows and the shows that Broadway needs most are the ones that don't need to come to Broadway. Uh, I look at something like fun home or gentleman's guide to love and love and murder. I, I don't know that those shows, if you would have said the mm. run of fun yeah. home at the public, that doesn't need to come to Broadway, but man, do I feel like Broadway needed it. So I, I understand what you're saying. And I think that there's a lot of shows that come to Broadway because that's what the producers want to happen, including some shows that are big and not small like these ones, things like summer or uh, ain't too proud or some or get the band back together. Uh, you know, things <laughs> like that. They don't need to come to Broadway, but I feel like if, if it, I would rather have small, artistically viable shows that might not fit the commercial audience come to Broadway rather than these big, lowest common denominator money grabs come to Broadway uh, that might not be a great commercial fit. So if we're going to err on one side of things that don't come that shouldn't come to Broadway, I'll take the ones that at least have some artistic integrity behind them. All right. I can I can um, I see your point of view. What do you think about the uh, next topic? Hugh Jackman will take his one-man show on the road. What in the world is going on, James? Uh, look. I, 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 it was like an explosion of Broadway. I, are we reading The Onion? <laughs> well, and here's the thing. If you would have told me that Hugh Jackman is going to take his one-man show on the road and it's going to play places like the Pantages or yeah. uh, the fabulous Fox Theater in Atlanta or the mm -hmm. Dr. Phillips Center here in Orlando, I would completely understand that. Yeah. But that is that is not what's happening, James. It is not. Uh, <laughs> Hugh Jackman, Tony Award winner and Academy Award nominee, will be launching an international tour later this spring. It will be going to 12 theaters across Europe including Hamburg, uh, Amsterdam, Paris, Dublin, and London for two shows at the O2. That one I get. Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay, go to the O2. Then it's doing a 22-city North American tour. And James, the places that Hugh Jackman is playing are arenas, places where Beyonce plays, places where Billy Joel plays. He is going to be doing his one-man song and dance show with songs from The Greatest Showman and Les Miserables and probably The Boy from Oz at the United Center in Chicago, at um, uh, <laughs> Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, at the TD Garden in Boston. He's going to be doing it at the Boston Garden. He's doing two nights at Madison Square Garden. Um, he's going all across the country throughout June and July before he wraps up the run with two nights at the Hollywood Bowl. Again, that venue makes sense. A lot of the other ones I'm just bum fuzzled by. And I'm not saying that Hugh Jackman, of all people, can't sell them out. I'm just what? Um, if you want to get tickets, apparently they go on sale Friday, December 7th. Tickets will be available in Europe and in the UK at 9 a.m. local time and in North America at 10 a.m. local time. You can get them at HughJackmanTheShow.com. But, James, this just came out of nowhere. This is like the opposite 
of what we've been hearing about Live Nation and CAA bringing all of those stars to Broadway for three week intimate runs. This is taking something that played. Oh, I don't remember. Where did his one man show play? Was it the music box? I don't remember. But uh, his his one man show with with backup dancers, he's doing the reverse and taking it to the arenas where those big, you know, pop and rock music stars normally play. I don't understand it, but I'm all for it. If you want to bring show tunes to the masses, let's do it, Hugh. So uh, a few things. Maybe did Riedel get it wrong? Maybe Riedel thought that they were in the Hugh Jackman show going to close off the mezzanine to reduce capacity by a third. Uh, (laughs) I mean, the last time we heard about uh, show tune type things going on an arena tour, that didn't actually happen. So uh, Uh, looking at you, Jesus Christ, superstar. Uh, And then uh, is it is is he skipping right over Poughkeepsie? No, he doesn't. He doesn't need the uh, tax breaks to do the uh, the tech out of town. Um, but no, he's he's uh, yeah. I don't. I, I mean, look, I'm all for it. This is just one of those, huh? Yeah. So Hugh Jackman back on Broadway was uh, at the Broadhurst. Is that the oh, one that okay. you were talking about? No, I said Music Box. I was wrong. No, no, no. But you were talking about Hugh Jackman yes, back on Broadway. That was the show. Yeah, yeah, that was the show. So uh, I mean, Boy from Oz, which was sort of like that, was the Imperial Theater, you know. <laughs> so um, yeah. All right. Uh, well, uh, no slight on Hugh because Hugh is no, 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 an incredible no, 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 performer. But yeah, I mean. How much can you see of Hugh from the back of Madison Square Garden? You know, is it... it, (laughs) His soft shoe routine is going to be really hard to see. Yeah, they're going to need those King Kong uh, uh, moving video boards in back of Hugh to project (laughs) it. So, uh, all right. So, uh, speaking of large, big video boards, uh, Dear Evan Hansen to get a big screen adaptation, but not one of those big screens on a a stage. They're a big screen. Yes, like a movie theater adaptation. According to Deadline, Dear Evan Hansen will be making the move to the big screen. And probably unsurprisingly, it'll be produced by Mark Platt, father of Ben, also the producer of La La Land. And uh, I haven't said that yet, Um, but he also produced Pascal Paul's uh, movie musicals, La La Land and The Greatest Showman. Adam Siegel will also uh, co-produce Stephen Levinson, who wrote the book, will adapt the screenplay. Stephen Chbosky, who is the director of the recent film Wonder and Perks of Being a Wallflower, is in talks to direct. And I think that makes a ton of sense. No casting has been announced. And James, you said who's going to who's going to star in it. I think you're alluding to potentially Ben starring in it. But look, with all due respect to Ben Platt, I think, you know, even on stage, he was probably pushing too old yeah. to to read for that part. But on screen, by the time that this actually happens, I mean, he's not old, but I mean, he's 25 um, or, or so. But by the time this comes out, he'll be 27. He doesn't look like a 16, 17 year old kid as it is. So um, I hope that they don't go that route. Not that he can't. I mean, look, he's a Tony winner. He can, you know, he, he can do the part. We know that it just, you know. Movies are a literal medium, and I think having somebody that looks a little too old uh, might not be the best for this. But who knows? Uh, we'll see what happens. He, you know, Mark Platt didn't cast uh, his son as Mark in Rent Live, so maybe we'll see what happens. But uh, no timetable necessarily on when the production will start. But I would imagine that this would happen sooner rather than later, James. Not that it's going to you know come out in 2019, but I think they would probably start working on this sometime in the next calendar year for a release in 2020 sometime. Um, 
maybe probably probably say this one would shoot for the holidays rather than uh the summer of 2020 when in the heights is coming so um we'll see what happens uh i and it's one of those interesting debates james where will a show that is currently running on broadway be impacted by a movie i would imagine that dear Evan hansen will still be on broadway by that time um but it'll be an interesting case study one way or the other Ah, movies. There won't be a dry seat in the house. Um, is this going to be released by an art house slate, or is it going to be a big? Is it going to be like a a major studio release? Do you think, or? Um, I would. I mean, Mark Platt does uh, a little bit uh, of both, so it's not like he is tied. He used to be with Universal, obviously, which is why he's a producer on Wicked. Um, they have sold the rights to uh, the studio. I, I'm not seeing exactly. Um, I'm scrolling through the deadline article, and I don't see the studio mentioned. Uh, oh, there it is. Yes, yes, I do. It will be Universal Pictures, so it's going to be uh, probably fairly big release, although there are obviously lots of different divisions in yeah. Universal. It's sort of like how last five years was an art house type of in- indie release type of thing. And not, I don't uh, think that's going to be it, no. Okay. All right. Um, and uh, Pasek and Paul, um, they are spending a lot of time on the left coast. Um, yeah. Interesting. They have a uh, thing coming up at the Siegerstrom Concert Hall uh, where they're going to be interviewed, um, both of them. And uh, Dear Evan Hansen is actually touring out on the West Coast and going for a return engagement. I think San Francisco is going to be a return engagement for that. But the Paskin Paul thing is uh, January 7th, 2019, over at the Siegerstrom Center, which... uh, Interesting that they're spending so much time on the left coast uh, when we need them here. All right. Well, they, they're probably like, there's no theaters. So, uh, <laughs> all right, Ben. What? Uh, all right, Ben. All right, Matt. What else do you have? <laughs> All right, a couple more stories before we get you off into your weekend. It was reported last night that Cass has found another star to join its feline ranks. And this one actually makes sense that is because ballet and tony nominee robert fairchild ballet star and tony nominee robert fairchild former guest on tell me more uh he will be playing monk's trap i don't know what that is but i got uh correct pronunciation from alan henry so he joins the cast of jennifer hudson taylor swift james corden ian mckellen judy dench idris elba rebel wilson jason derulo and others um again he, he can dance. That makes sense. He'll probably do, be doing his own motion capturing. Um, we also found out uh, uh, yesterday or the day before that um, <laughs> Fiddler on the Roof, the Yiddish version of Fiddler on the Roof, will be getting a cast recording. And I'm laughing not because of that. I'm laughing because in uh, the way that only ke- she can um, – Jackie uh, Hoffman tweeted out uh, kind of the news. She said um, something to the effect of I'm going to or we're going to record this show, which is going to have fewer people buy the album than my solo album. Uh, so I think she's probably wrong, but they are recording this and it'll be back off Broadway in February. Um, and the, uh, the the album release will be timed uh, for that as well. Um, also, we found out yesterday that Broadway HD will be filming the West End production of 42nd Street this week to be added to its streaming lineup in 2019. Just another addition to Broadway's catalog or 
another uh, to Broadway HD's catalog that is coming from London rather than New York. So they might want to change their name to West End HD, but that's just me. And finally, James, I wanted to circle back to the Manhattan concert production story that we talked about earlier this week or late last week about how they're going to unroll some clues for people to figure out who will be playing the Scarlet Pimpernel in their February concert. So far, as of this recording, they have announced two clues. The first one was our leading man shares an alma mater with Broadway's meanest girl. That is probably a reference to Regina George, played by Taylor Louderman, who is a graduate of the University of Michigan. She might not have actually graduated. I think she might have left for Bring It On before that. But she went to Michigan. Football team sucks, but musical theater program is pretty good. The second one is you may have seen him on Broadway in 2017 with some of the greatest leading ladies to ever grace the stage. Now, people have been putting two and two together here, James, and two frontrunners have come to the forefront. One would be Gavin Creel, who also went to the University of Michigan and was on Broadway in Hello, Dolly! in 2017, starring opposite both Bette Midler and Donna Murphy. The other one, though, seems to be right up your alley because you know who else went to the University of Michigan, James? Mm, Hunter Foster. He did, but so did Douglas Sills, who, who was also on Broadway in 2017 in a show called War Paint, yes. starring opposite Patti Lapone and Christine Ebersol. So, so far, two clues apply to both uh, Hunter and Gavin. Or not, 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 not Hunter. <laughs> see what you did. Douglas and Gavin. So we'll see what clue three is to see if we can figure it out. But I think I'm starting to figure out. Uh, that you were right. You said Douglas Sills from the beginning. I don't know if you had inside information or not, but um, they're really going to try to make me come up for this thing, aren't they? Oh, that would be awesome. All right. So uh, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMAT. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for wrapping up the week with us. And uh, Sunday is this week on Broadway. And Monday, Matt and I will be back in your ears. We'll talk to you then.